of the. Oh. We're out of the maelstrom. Guys, we made it. We're at light speed. We're back on. Thank you guys for all being patient with us. We've had a little bit, bit of technical problems, but thank you, MVP for the night. Earl. Earl's Yay. come to the rescue. Huzzah. <laughs> Welcome, you're flying with Pod Squadron Podcast. All wings report in. This is Andy, Pod Pirate, standing by. This is Tracy, Pod Tracer, standing by. Lexi, Pod of One, standing by. <laughs> <laughs> like, so cool. <laughs> I'm the one that always gets blown up. If you don't care, like, I mean, guarantee you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know why I mark myself with that. All ships are to attack formation mission objectives to talk about the full scope of the Star Wars experience from the movies, TV shows, animation, games, comics, books, themes, ex themed experiences, merchandise, and your art and inspiration from the galaxy far, far away. In today's flight plan includes the essential Ahsoka Part 2, the Andron arc. But before we get to that, we have a special guest, our first guest interview, Molly McIsaac. And for all of you out there, all comm channels open, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Find us on YouTube, like and subscribe, hit the bell icon so you know when we have new content. Uh, I am your squad leader today. I'm Andy Lowe, aka the Chinese Pirate, director, storyteller, puppeteer, performer, fight choreographer. On my wing is Tracy. Hi, I'm Tracy, a blogger, social media person, semi-occasional sort of cosplayer person. And on my other wing is Lexi. <laughs> Art department gremlin, uh, end of life doula <laughs> in training, and uh, multiple fandom connoisseur. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, we and we are just one squad in the fleet. We are part of the Geekish Network. That's t on twitch.tv backslash Geekish Network. And don't forget our auxiliary support ships on digital click marketing as we build and expand. As voice to attack positions, we're going in. Good evening, ladies. How are you? <laughs> uh, what's new and exciting in the world of Star Wars for to you guys? Oh, well, in Star Wars or in life? Well, there's life. <laughs> so much going on in life. There's so much going on in life. I mean, good <sighs> lord. <laughs> God. Well, what do you want? What do you want to talk about first? News? Life? Yeah, let's talk about news. What's going on? Well, okay. let's talk about life. Let's talk about life first. Because. I mean, I've I've become the person who pulls out books about death on my lunch break, and I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that. And I'm and I'm all for the balance with life. I, you must I, acknowledge do that. Do I have them with me right now? No, I think I don't. I think I moved them. Anyway, yeah, I have like a stack of like textbooks about death because of the certification that I'm doing now. And I know I talked a bit about it on the last po last podcast, but it's been really interesting, uh, especially watching this this. Uh, arc with, that features very heavily on like Ahsoka and Anakin who deal in their own ways with a lot of loss and grief. Yeah. Uh, really the whole Clone Wars arc does. I gotta say rewatching this arc too uh, became extremely I, honestly I, I mean I knew it was going to be relevant uh, but boy did it hit some chords. <laughs> in, in I, I, thought, I thought I would be coming at it from like a perspective of death and loss, but then I ended up really starting to see it, especially with the reading that I've been doing from an attachment theory perspective. So that's kind of what mm. I, like my notes are about this this month or week. Wow, see, no concept <laughs> of time. We were talking about that before. No concept of time, from <laughs> an airport time. I actually have a very much a concept of- Are in mm -hmm. space? 
does that happen in, in like i wonder i don't know like i wonder if that would just be it's all wibbly wobbly timey wimey but that's a different franchise <laughs> I, I am very aware of the time passing at the moment because I am in three-day Facebook jail. Oh, no. Oh. Would you like to know talk, why? Talk about an evil <laughs> empire. Did I tell you guys why? I don't Did think I, why? so. Why are you okay. in Facebook jail? I am in Facebook jail because my my darling friend Solveig in Norway she moved from California to, to Norway and she posted a Facebook memory that was this map of California. And it was one of those maps that has like, you know, uh, like you will die from heat here. Uh, this is where the right. weed grows. <laughs> this is where this is like Mexico adjacent. This is right. where the goat <laughs> Island is, you know, it was like one like the big orange bridge, you know, like that it was kind of separated in that way. And North County, San Diego, where I live, was just listed or labeled as classified. And so I, I commented, I said, I'm classified. And she wrote back, I don't understand that one. Why are you classified? And what do you say when somebody asks you for classified or top secret information? What would your answer be? Oh, Lord. Seriously? What would your answer be, Andy? Well, uh, uh, <laughs> what should my answer be? And now, now I feel put on the spot. Okay, you know, you know the, you I know the, what I could say that would land me in Facebook jail. Well, let me tell you. First of all, okay, you know the the, the gif of Sebastian Stan going, yeah, with like sunglasses on, he's shrugging. Okay, so that was the that was the gif, and then I wrote, I would tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Oh no! Because it's top secret, classified. Seriously. And almost immediately, I got thrown in Facebook jail, and I was like for what and so i i disputed it and they reviewed it and said no we're sorry this is violence wow <laughs> and so i'm in three-day facebook jail because um and and i will tell you okay it's like i i accept this one the one of my chicken videos being sexual nudity <laughs> sexual activity nudity i got dinged twice for that that's why i'm on a three-day timeout was because i got because too for many pictures of hot chicks yeah but anyways, I'll, this one I'll accept because yes, I use the word kill. Now I know I need to be a smart ass in code. It's fine. But which chicken videos did you get? Oh, it was just them in their coop. That's it. A video <laughs> of them in their coop. It was it was labeled uh, sexual activity or nudity. And I was confused. And so I posted it again and I, I got dinged again. <laughs> I need to know if Molly's ever had this problem because she has chickens. So Okay, we're going to have to ask her. We'll have to ask her. A fellow chicken tender. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, it's okay because, you know, this is caused by a lot of people saying legitimately bad things. And that's why we can't have nice things. And Facebook yes. does not understand nuance and or have a sense of humor. Ruining it for all of us. Ruining, <laughs> right. Like to me, it's obviously a joke, but now, okay, it's fine. Uh, in two days, I will be out of Facebook jail. Well, very quickly, thanks to Nave Esk for the first follow of the night. Thanks to Jeremy Germ33 for 33 bits. Uh, let's get on to the Star Wars news of the week. What do you guys got for me? So we've got the Star Wars trading post that just opened up uh, at um, Downtown Disney. Yeah, this is really fun. I, I actually went down there uh, the other day uh, just to check it out. And honestly, I couldn't get in. So so if you don't know this, um, Downtown Disney has been open. They also have opened a section of DCA. 
and uh, they, you know, open for shopping and dining. Um, um, none of the rides and or rest of the attractions are available. But what they've done is they've taken the husk of the what was the Rainforest Cafe, and they've turned that kind of temple architecture into a Yavin base looking uh, storefront where they are basically selling all of the merchandise from Galaxy's Edge. And uh, it's kind of a, a, you know, they brought in the Imagineers, so they have fully themed and written, re resurfaced and repurposed the interior jungle like all the shelves that are our rockwork now have like you know star wars creatures on them um it, it it's pretty fun um it, but uh there is like a three hour wait to, to to get into the store at this point is that where the wandavision photo op is that everybody's posting pictures of the wandavision photo op is actually on the other side uh it's over in in uh buena vista street and dca which is open accessible and yeah they've set up a a little photo op there where That's where that can... big backdrop is, right? The studio yeah, it's, back. Yeah, it's it's right next to the um where the old Muppets Theater used to be, actually. I'm really glad I have you guys to let me know about all this really cool stuff. <laughs> I haven't been there because I don't leave my house, but I see pictures no, of Andy. I, mean, I don't and... leave my house either, but sometimes I don't even leave my house on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I just get stir crazy sometimes. <laughs> just like go for as a long drive. As you're being safe, Andy. Yes, yes. But what you got? Uh, what you got, uh, Tracy? Well, we have release date or a release date for Star Wars Bad Batch. Ooh, finally! And yes, I know. And it is May the Fourth be with you. Ah, and then wise I think choice. Doing, yes, always for any kind of Star Wars debut. And then I think Episode Two is coming out just a few days later on May seventh. And then that's going to be like their regular time just slot. Just time for my birthday. Mine's my birthday's May tenth, so I'll have some. <laughs> Happy birthday! This is very exciting. I mean, this is uh, this is uh, you know I, I was thinking there for a second that it was going to be something new from Marvel every week but looks like marvel's taking a break to make way for star wars <laughs> <laughs> um i have a little bit of news actually this is part news but mostly pet peeve of mine uh so there's been this rumor going around uh, around bleh, going around use your words and words my words my true accent come out go around no uh the the uh the the uh th this rumor about george lucas apparently People are getting all excited because they're thinking that George Lucas is, has a writing credit for two episodes of the Cassian Andor series. Um, you know, this is this is one of those things where it's like it's kind of clickbait. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you if people really took the time to look at kind of IMDb, you'd see that George Lucas pretty much has a writing credit for every single Star Wars property that uses any character that he created. So if Mon Mothma or Leia, or you know, or or uh, Senator Organa are in a property, then he's going to get a writing credit for creating characters that are based on things that he did. But uh, I, there is no, there is no supported um, reporting that he is has any hands-on um, attachment to any of the new round of Star Wars. So sorry if you got excited, folks. But please, 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 bloggers, please report responsibility. Um, <laughs> and look up your sources. <laughs> well, and if you see something like that, I mean, George Lucas, for the most part, is pretty checked out. He's just sort of, you know, riding on his Star Wars coattails at this point and showing up as a cheerleader for projects. Yeah. So if you read that, chances are you should take it with a boulder of 
salt anyway, right? Boulder of salt. Yeah, he's he's just kind of had the happy grandpa. He comes <laughs> in to go come play with baby Yoda. And then when he pees, he gives him back and goes away. <laughs> uh, but that is uh, the, some of the top news. If you have other news stories or things that you'd like us to comment or react to, go ahead and let us know or drop them in the chat. Right now, I'm going to get to our first segment. This is our first uh, 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 guest interview. We have Molly McIsaac. Um, Molly McIsaac is was one of the original cast members on Sci-Fi's Fangasm, a writer, comedian, cosplayer, actress, uh, alt model, host, blogger, streamer, and all-around weird geek. Welcome to the show, Molly McIsaac. <gasps> Yay! Hello! Hey. Hello. <laughs> hi, 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 hi. <laughs> Um, so I was very excited to hear you talk about chickens because all I think about <laughs> is my chickens at all times. I you. I yeah. you. <laughs> Wait, we have another chicken mom? Oh yeah, I have eight and they're all named after spices. They're my spice girls and they're all, like, ex- they're all extremely spoiled and I like carry them around. I have a giant chicken tattoo on the back of my leg. Like I'm a crazy, crazy chicken lady. <laughs> what, what breeds do you have? Mm. I have a silky, I have Ooh. three Brahmas of different colors because they're my favorite because they're fat and they have bell bottoms. <laughs> I have an Iam Samani. I have like- <gasps> You have an Iam Samani, like a full-blooded one? Yeah, her name is Kroon oh. because she's goth as F, as F. Can I swear? Yeah. Yes. She's goth as fuck. Um, <laughs> so her name is Clove. Uh, and then I have uh, like two mutt chickens and then I have an Easter egger. Oh, so, silkies so, are so cool. They're just so bizarre. They're just big poofs. My silky is fluff. so stupid. She because like <laughs> her fluff is over her eyes and she just like <laughs> runs into things all the time. And she's and consistently broody, so she always thinks she's gonna oh, hatch eggs, even though I have no broodiest. rooster. Yeah, yes, they are the broodiest. Silky well, that I named Fuzzy Greta <laughs> <laughs> when I was like ten years old, and I would tell her every day. I'd say, "Hello, Fuzzy Greta." Uh, Ke- Kevin's Crossing wants to know: Do you have eleven herbs and spices? She has eight herbs. And spices. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, have eleven if I could legally where I live. I can only legally have ten chickens where I live. So, uh, so I have the capacity so for ten, but oh, I only yeah. have six. But you mentioned oh. chickens. I, I I was very excited for us to get a chance to talk about them. Yeah, and I also wanted to say about Facebook is that I actually got my main account like completely nerfed a few months ago, like. I'm not allowed to join Facebook with my name anymore. So I'm never allowed to be on Facebook again. I have a sock puppet. I'm not going to talk about it anymore <laughs> than that. But uh, yeah, so I honestly, one of my biggest offenses that I got in huge trouble for is Star Wars related. Uh, I said that I was going to, this was a joke, obviously, but I said that. So my Star Wars club, we rented out a whole theater for Rise of Skywalker premiere and it was like a big deal. And as a joke, I said that I was going to pass out Xanax like in a cup to everybody. <laughs> it was just a theater full of Raylos. And I was like, we're all going to need fucking Xanax for this. And and Facebook was like, you're a drug dealer. And I was like, oh, no, wow. Facebook. <laughs> Man, no. Facebook ain't playing. <laughs> no. oh, we can thank all these 
<clears throat> proud boy people for that anyway yeah. god damn it okay so damn the it. reason why i got so excited about an imc samani is because they are black inside and out mm -hmm. they have black skin black intestines black feathers oh, black really? eggs everything That's is different. black well I, well i know silkies are black skinned and black feathered also right yeah silkies but... have gray meat though I oh, am really? Samani's their meat is black and their organs are black, which is wow. incredibly cool. They have yeah. a they have an overabundance of melanin. They're pretty badass. Clove They're is so although, although I guess India wait India or something, right? They're from uh Singapore. Sing oh Singapore. Mm -hmm. I, I, I guess we're on a Star Wars show. So actually they're tip yip. <laughs> Singaporean <laughs> tip yip. Yes. Void tip yip. But if you have a rooster, it would be good. Like like Darth Vader would be like a good name for like the rooster. Yeah, I don't like roosters. I like my hens. <laughs> Are you allowed to have roosters? I'm not allowed to have roosters. Where no, I'm not. And even yeah. if I was, they're such assholes. <laughs> Just like yeah. I was raised having chickens. I still have scars on my legs from their spurs. So fuck yeah. those guys. <laughs> but do your chickens like act like you're their rooster? Like, do they present themselves to you? And oh, like, yeah. Yeah. But they also are like so spoiled that they'll straight up like get in my lap and be like, pet me. Like, yeah. Jesus. Well, um, let's go, uh, I just want to welcome you to the show. Uh, uh, obviously, you've talked a little bit about your Star Wars fan club. This but, is a chicken um, show now, Andy. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad if I thought. <laughs> the Atsta, the, the uh, right? The chicken walker. <laughs> Uh, but uh, can, can you just kind of tell us, like, how did your journey with Star Wars begin? Like, I mean, God, it's been lifelong, honestly. Um, I was homeschooled in Alaska by like hyper conservative parents who wouldn't let me consume pop culture. So it was like, whenever I would go over to friends' houses, they would like show me forbidden pop culture. And I remember watching Star Wars for the first time at our friend's house from like church. and. Uh, we were like having a sleepover with him and uh, he's like my brother's friend. And they just kind of let me tag along as the older sister. And I remember like just being so taken with Princess Leia. I was like, holy shit. Like I've never seen a woman in anything like this and getting like really, really obsessed. And then like convincing my parents to get me the VHS at a thrift store and just like watching them until they broke. So that was the start of it. And that was, I'm 32. So that well, I'm almost 32. I'll be 32 on Thursday. Um, so that was just like, you know, like literally like when I was eight years old, it started and it, it never stopped. So I would read all of the EU at, at like at used bookstores. If I could find any Star Wars EU, that's what I was grabbing. And like all the comics and like played all the video games and just like hyper consumed Star Wars really neurotically. And when like this, the prequels came out, I was like first in line. I was like, cosplaying obscure characters in the line before I even knew what cosplay was like I dressed up like Ristol uh for episode two Ristol was one of the backup dancers of the Max Rebo band um <laughs> and like I made like hooves for her because she's a Thelen out of foam and like she had no bearing on episode two I just wanted an excuse <laughs> to be like a Thelen in line when I was like 14 years old um <laughs> So it's just been this like lifelong obsession. And then uh, when the reboot happened with the newest three movies, um, I obviously was losing my fucking mind. And uh, I, the first like Force Awakens came out, lost it, was so excited about it. And my friends and I were like being very funny. My friend Rachel and I in particular were like, ha ha ha. We're like, this is before Kylo Ren was like everybody on the internet wanted Adam Driver's dick. Like at the beginning... <laughs> 
but we were we were like early adopters of being obsessed with with Kylo Ren and so actually fun side note have a tattoo of Kylo Ren on my butt and a heart because I thought it'd be funny (laughs) and it is it's hilarious I'm very funny but (laughs) but uh so we like made a Facebook group called Star Wars Dumpster Fire and the whole like point of it was that as like queer women in the fandom we felt really othered and alienated from even like even liking the force awakens because like the star wars fandom can be so toxic and it's like people seem to only like star wars so they can shit on it and we just felt really bad about that so we wanted to make a star wars group just for like our friends who were at the same level as obsessed as we were um and it was like maybe 10 of us at the beginning and it was mostly just to like post fan fiction and fan art and then people started inviting their friends and then it started like exploding and it became this like place of positivity for people on the internet. So I like low key became this like cult leader of this amazing group of um, <laughs> Star Wars fans. And like in the before times we would do in-person meetups, we got invited by Star Wars Celebration to have a table there. We've been like recognized no by Lucasfilms as the only like queer adjacent Star Wars club. We have wow. like pins and patches and like, um, I think the culmination of the group was that uh, when Rise of Skywalker came out, which side note, I hate very much, but um, <laughs> but when it came out, we rented out the biggest theater at Universal City Walk, opening night, opening time. We had like, like a after party at a bar, like costume contest. Like we, we were like the Star Wars club that was there. And this has just been this like amazing experience for me because growing up homeschooled in Alaska, like I didn't have other Star Wars friends. And then I always felt really othered in the Star Wars fandom for the most part as like a queer woman. And then like, I created this little home and I think right now we're at like 1.2 thousand members or something. So that's my biggest Star Wars thing. But I also cosplay Star Wars. Uh, I'm particularly obsessed with the Witches of Dathomir. So yeah. 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 We we posted uh, one of your Dathomir witch yeah, she's uh, my OC, my OC Selassie, and then um, I need to I need to know more about her. Oh, she's just like I don't know. She's been in my head ever since I learned about the Witches of Dathomir. She's this like seer, so she's really weird, and she rides around in a rancor, and she's a kyber crystal uh, whip. And um, I don't know. She she my girl. I love her very much. But <laughs> so so yeah. let me ask you this with that in mind what do you think about the rumors that uh, morgan elsbeth might be a last survivor of uh of of the the witches the order i mean of if they bring witches into mainstream canon i will lose my fucking mind like i mean <laughs> i know that they're in clone wars and that's amazing but still like clone wars is, seems like very like side note for like actual like hardcore fans if, if there was a way that the night sisters became like mainstream canon i would lose it i would be so excited so like i was really excited to see the dathomir in um the star wars video game that came out recently that i always get the freaking video game names mixed up but was, was um, that uh fallen order or um, yes fallen order yeah. so she she ruled so i think that they're like working up to i mean they're such a vital part of star wars lore in general like it really proves that the force can be manipulated in new ways, in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Like they use literally make magic out of it, like occult ritual magic. It's so cool. Well, they don't, they also don't adhere to that kind of austerity structure that the Jedi do. Yeah. No, or, they, or they're chaos magicians. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, why, that's, that was the thing that drew me to them initially was, it was that very like 
rebel femme, rebel them kind mm-hmm. of. Yep. No, Wait, and it's you mean because- they're scarlet witches? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically. <laughs> um, crossover episode. I, mean, I also think it's really interesting too because there's not a lot of matriarchal societies in Star Wars, even though it is like a very like female forward franchise these days. The fact that they're like a matriarchal society and like a hardcore one, like their episodes in Clone Wars are like, oh, so they subjugate like the males on their planet. <laughs> like, oh, I see. <laughs> That's exactly what Ring Capacity just said. And they subjugate their men. Star Wars could use more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even looking at chat. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I mean, I will say, like, it just, like, it was just a hint. Like, I did catch the little tiny bit of a tattoo peeking out from um, Diana Leona Santos' hairline when, uh, uh, during, during, during the fight with Ahsoka. I mean, and I was like, wait a minute. That, I, could that be? I don't know if she's Dathomir or there's, because there's so much Eastern influence. I think she's the other race that I'm fully fucking forgetting the name of right now. Um but like, because I feel like there was such heavy handed Eastern influence, which doesn't go with the witches that it might mm. be the other one. But if, if they surprise me, I would be ecstatic. I mean, there was the misstep by one of the um, makeup artists where she said she was like used Dathomirian makeup as inspiration, but then she mm. like pulled it back. Like it yeah. got deleted off oh, of her really? Instagram. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. I was actually kind of mad about that because I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's not <laughs> canon. But um I think we talked about that on that episode yeah. actually, Andy. Mm. I remember that. Oh oh yeah. Well about the rumor. Yeah. But yeah. But that it was uh that was pulled I didn't realize it was deleted. Yeah mm-hmm. she deleted it like a couple of hours later. But I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. I really feel like everybody who's writing for Star Wars right now has such a great love for the universe and for the lore and for like the really interesting like EU stuff, which I think the witches are so fascinating that they would be foolish not to use them. So I've always just like connected with them so much because like, well, first of all, they ride rancors, which is like the coolest shit I've ever heard in my life. But like they're just they're a new sort of force user and honestly i'm really bored of like black and white force like i was really hoping that the new trilogy would go towards like quote unquote gray jedi or gray force users so yeah. like give me the chaos magic force users like please <laughs> I, i've said since day one that they need to get back to things like the bendu and and that whole yes please shadow, shadow shadow jedi shadow not jedi but you know shadow force user the gray force user yeah uh, I, I i'm quietly quietly hoping that that's where if they continue a grogu arc for mandalorian where his story goes um, i mean yeah i'm really interested to see what they do with mandalorian because it's obviously passing the torch to boba now mm-hmm. so I don't know if there's just going to be more like Western hijinks or if we're going to go back to like Ahsoka and everybody. Well, wait, you, you mean with, um, uh, you, you mean with, with the, 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 the Boba Fett miniseries or. No, I, I feel like the Mandalorian, they're kind of like stepping away from the Mandalorian and passing the torch of the Mandalorian to Boba Fett being the Mandalorian now. Oh, I don't think they are. I think actually. only temporarily only, or yeah, there's just going to be like a little side story for Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I mean, as far as I know, they've announced uh, a mini series for Boba Fett that would only be a few episodes um, for December. But like the end of the year, they're still planning to launch season three of of Mandalorian, and uh, then they'll have two other companion series that will be spinoffs that will intersect. Well, what I'm saying is, didn't it seem like at the last at the end of the last episode that the Mandalorian is now Boba Fett the Mandalorian? I don't think so. I mean, if anything, to me, it felt like a like a torch passing. Mm, Interesting. I guess we'll see. Yeah, that would be interesting if it was. That would be interesting if they did that where they did like a couple seasons with him, and then it was like another thing where they switch over to like Bo Katan, and then it's Mm -hmm. her Mandalorian story. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was setting up for. Was like, yeah, was like the adventures of whatever Mandalorian they're following. Well, I mean, I think they—they've—I mean, so they've announced the book of Boba Fett miniseries, and they—they, you know, that that after credits teaser pretty much straight up shows that you know it's going to be Boba Fett and Fennec Shan taking over the Hut underworld, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a separate arc from now that we know that uh, Din Djarin has the dark saber. Therefore, you know, by by Mandalorian honor is honor bound to be the new Mandalore. and and with Bo-Katan, the rightful heir, <laughs> uh, kind of stuck in a hard place of, you know, she respects this 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 uh, Mandalorian who's been a good ally, but uh, you know, if she wants the rule, she has to take him down in order to take the dark saber. Mm-hmm. Awkward. <laughs> but so ring capacity says, I think that the Ahsoka show is going to take place outside the known universe, and I expect new types of force users could also be a good way to bring the witches in. Would be amazing, yeah. especially since you have that earlier team up with her and and Ventress. I, I don't think she yep. would be opposed to teaming up with another night night witch. Also, also Ventress is canonically not dead; she's just kind of gone. So I like, was about to ask, they, yeah. So, so she's not dead then. No, she's was, just, she, was she was she killed in Legends or no. am I just remembering it wrong? No, she kind of just went to the outer rim and vanished. Oh, interesting. So, if they brought her back, I oh, I lose my mind. Literally, <laughs> I mean, okay, I can define my sexuality in one scene from Star Wars. <laughs> it's her stabbing someone with her lightsaber and kissing them as they die. <laughs> That's my sexuality in a nutshell right there. <laughs> Who would you fan cast as Ventress? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm here with the fan casting questions because I love to do it as somebody who was like on. a director. Like, <laughs> This is really weird, but my knee-jerk reaction was Chloe Savini. Oh, I don't know why, but I feel like she can't do action well. Sorry, who's Chloe Savini? She's an indie sweetheart. Hmm. You would probably know her best from American Psycho. She was like the one that he brought over and wanted to kill, but I don't think he actually killed her. She's blonde. She's been in a ton of stuff. Um, She sucked Vincent Gallo's dick in Brown Bunny. (laughs) Like on camera. Oh, do you watch um, uh, American Horror Story? She was in the hotel season. I do not watch American Horror Story, but I feel like I might have. Maybe I'm, I know who you're thinking of. She's I think she kids. was in like, yeah, 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 yeah. When she was like a teenager mm-hmm. was when she started. Oh, yeah. maybe not. Uh, Brittany Quinn says, need Asajj Ventress. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would like literally like, I feel like she's so important. 
and they're bringing back like really important lore characters so I would love to see her come back I think she's important for similar reasons that similar reasons different personality manifestations uh than uh, as Ahsoka is that both Ahsoka and Asajj Ventress got kind of fed up with the order with which they were associated and they had an opportunity to either switch sides or come back and commit even harder and instead they went no fuck these systems and they went on to like kind of forge their own path with the force outside of those and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of important. To, that's that, that's pivotal for the for the direction that the Star Wars uh, universe is taking right now. I agree, especially because she's waffled between like dark side and light side, and kind of just like solidly falls in the like chaotic neutral section now. I, I was gonna say, did you? Did I, you <laughs> I was gonna say, did, did you? Uh, did you read any of the novels with her and? Um... A Quinlan Voss in that whole I, arc? I did. I still religiously read Star Wars books. Like Excellent. they're my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never read those the arcs. New ones? Oh God. I mean, I'm honestly kind of behind recently, but uh I've I've still have been stockpiling my shelf. I've been getting a lot of the comics I haven't read recently, so mm-hmm. that's where I'm going right now. But I've nice. probably, I'm probably like I went I I'm, I switch hyperfixations and my newest one has been all the Dragon Age novels so I'm behind on Star Wars but once I get done with all the Dragon Age novels I'm going back to Star Wars. <laughs> Dra- Dragon Age is, is that like Temeraire? Uh, it's video game. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Have you yeah. read Temeraire? It's so good. Mm-mm. It's like like think the Napoleonic Wars but with dragons in them. Well, that certainly appeals to my sensibilities. <laughs> I'm going to have to bookmark that and ask you yeah. to send me that. Yes. <laughs> Naomi Novik is the is the writer. It's really good. Wait, is that she's the one who did um, Spinning Silver, isn't that? Like the Rumpelstiltskin, the Rumpelstiltskin story? Oh, I don't know. I've only hold, read her Temeraire stuff. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Uh, and ring capacity. Live action Honda Onaka, would, that would be really cool. Yeah, she did uh, spinning silver and uprooted prosthetics. Oh, that'd be fucking cool. Yeah, so ring capacity and uh, and Kevin's Crossing both asking for Hondo, and Kevin uh, <laughs> so Crossing cool. says Kevin Crossing says chaos is great chaos. Hondo Hondo chaos is great chaos. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I, I don't know if it's intentional, but at least like the w- the way my brain goes, uh, the word the word Hondo when not I don't even I don't remember how it's spelled because I'm terrible at spelling, but. Uh, in Spanish, hondo means deep, which is kind of interesting. Oh. I, I just, you know, I, I, I want, uh, if, if they get Hondo Anaka, you know, I, I really hope they uh, they <laughs> they get um, the voice of Pooh and Tigger <laughs> to, to continue performing him, though. <laughs> Jim Cummings, who is the voice of Hondo Anaka, but oh, is also known for Anaka. Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Wait. Darkwing Duck and... But everything is, else. Is he the one childhood. that just got in trouble, though? Oh, no. Not him, too. Really? Somebody just got in trouble. I thought it was the voice of Winnie the Pooh, but maybe not. Who got in trouble for... Well, that would be Jim Cummings. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. What the hell? I think this it was like... I, I don't know. I, I want to look it up to be sure, because I don't want to put anything out there. But yeah, so, yeah, I thought it was him. Well... 
Well, crap. Let's hope not. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to Google while we move along. <laughs> um, Molly, we're coming up to our last 10 minutes, but um, tell us what, uh, uh, what, what you're most excited about right now with, uh, with the group that you have or anything else you have coming up. I mean, Star Wars wise. <laughs> well, Star Wars wise, or what what your what your uh, fan club is doing, or I mean, honestly, we've we've been kind of in standstill with the fan club since you know COVID. Like, I had a lot of really like ambitious things that will definitely happen again once it's safer to do so. I just didn't want to encourage people to be doing things where they gathered, but um, we were gonna try to like have like different branches in different cities. And I think the thing that I was most excited about was we were going to try to like start a YouTube channel together where we could like put like up like star Wars fan films and like people's like little like vlogs or whatever, just any star Wars related things just like have like a little like happy place for the star Wars dumpster fire people to exist um, with their content and media. Um, but I like, I myself have a star Wars fan film that I want to make really bad but like, it's like, I don't feel ethical creating anything right now until we're all vaccinated, sadly. Right. So that's on hold for a while. But <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to make it with like everybody in Star Wars Dumpster Fire. We talked about it uh, like before the pandemic hit, like I posted in there and everybody was like, oh my God, I do this, and I do this, and then I do this. And we were going to have this like little like interactive thing. And it was about, uh, basically uh, this like fan fiction that I wrote, but like cooler about like a bounty hunter <laughs> who doesn't know that she's force sensitive because Ooh. she has one of those little monkey creatures that causes like uh force dampening and then uh oh the solomary or yeah nice and then uh and then he vanishes and she suddenly is like but she but she hunts down force users so now she's got this like ethical dilemma so maybe someday we'll make that Otherwise, Star Wars wise, I just write a lot of fan fiction, but I'm not going to tell you all where to find it because it's filthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just need to ask you later. Yeah, yeah, I'll, pri I'll privately tell you. I have actually written, read, read, bleh, read some of the excerpts on it. I'm like the official sci-fi Star Wars podcast. They like had me on to like read excerpts of my filthy Star Wars fan fiction, but. Uh... <laughs> Wait, there's I, like a there's a fan fiction app. I remember because I downloaded it to read is. something. Yeah, I read something, and then somehow I went down this <laughs> rabbit hole of like New Direction fan fiction. But I don't what? like I don't even listen to New Direction. Oh, I but I went down this rabbit hole. I don't, I don't well, uh, and I read it. <laughs> good. How was it? <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was it had very poor spelling and grammar and pretty much uh, very bad storytelling and the whole bit. But I, for some reason, it hooked me and I read New Direction fan fiction. That's like that's like those like Facebook ads. I don't know if you've seen them for like the really bad like werewolf fan fiction, where it's like uh. you're my mate. I said as I like bit her neck and you like click on read more and it's like literally the worst worst written thing ever it's like I was being shuttled off to the palace of the werewolf prince and then like five sentences later she doesn't know he's a werewolf but like it's like incredible have you read that there's like a snow white is a vampire one and it's so oh, that's a great idea bad, but I read them all and then like <laughs> 
And then like a year later at a convention, she was like two tables down from me. And I was like, why does this look familiar? Oh, <laughs> I felt so awkward. <laughs> well, I, I write a lot of uh, Raylo. Ah. And I write, I also write a lot of uh, Gay Space Monk. I love my I'm gay space monks. I'm wearing Ray on my shirt right now. Yes, my girl. I have Ray on my boobs and you have Kylo on your butt. You should touch butt and boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I have, well, I don't have a Jedi on me, but I do have. You guys so good. I did, I did want to say I rewatched, uh, I haven't watched Clone Wars in a really long time. Um, and I rewatched the arc that y'all were going to be talking about well, tonight. You did. Would yeah, you, would, I watched... you like to, would you like to stick around with us as we get it, get into it? Uh, sadly, I'm going to have to bow out because oh, I'm honestly not used to talking that much and my throat's getting sore. Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like in my COVID space. This is the most we have talked in. Uh, the only person I really talk to is my girlfriend and we go through long periods of just watching Marvel movies or something. So. <laughs> um, That's fair. But uh, no, but I will say though that like, my God, I totally forgot about the Stila stuff and yeah. I got really sad and i like i always forget that ahsoka basically like should have like ptsd she's gone through some shit she gone through some shit uh, yeah. uh and that's one of the reasons why i chose this arc uh because it is so Im- interestingly impactful and really like there's 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 shades of all the themes throughout the whole run of the series well, yeah and you can see her like deprogramming too yeah like you can see her being like wow these things that i were ta- was taught are bullshit yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. Like, like 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 the point when she's uh, I mean, we'll get into this more, but like the, the point when when um, she's begging for Obi-Wan and, and Anakin to send, um, you know, Re- Republic support. And they're like, it's up to the council. And she's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's a uh, she's she my little precious bab and I want to protect at all costs. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I'm excited for the series. I'm very excited. Oh God, I can't wait. When is that coming out? Do they have a release date yet? 2022 or something. Uh, yeah, no dates yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I will tell y'all, I was looking at the upcoming Star Wars books just now. Uh, one that I'm very excited about is the Star Wars Book of Monsters is coming out in April. Oh, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, and then also the Art of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is coming out in april excellent Excellent. so i collect i obsessively collect like all of the reference and art books from star wars i have like a massive collection i even have the ralph mccrory ones they're my most prized possession um yeah actually uh i was thinking we're thinking um, about uh, in a couple of weeks maybe inviting uh, a friend of the pod a friend over at indoorexpress.net who is kind of a uh uh uh, armchair uh 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 expert in all things uh, imagineering and particularly around star tours and star wars uh as it has pertained to um 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 imagineering and uh, the disney parks but uh, hopefully we'll get into some of that uh, as well because i love nerding about about that stuff as well me too oh my god he nerds hard one of my most like amazing experiences actually i'll just like say this before y'all kick me off um (laughs) i went to galaxy's edge quite a few times before Disneyland shut down and like probably one of the best moments of my life was my like building a lightsaber experience yeah. because I went in like casual casual Dathomirian garb and <laughs> like, I like like one yeah, as, as one does 
And I like went in and all of the cast members were like super in character with me. And I was like, oh, you got the kyber crystals from my home planet. And they're like, are you from Dathomir? And I was like, you fucking bet your ass. Oh, they called you out. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great because like the guy who was helping me build my lightsaber was like so into it and was like, you, are you a night sister wink wink and i was like <laughs> like don't don't do it and like we had this awesome. like like tit for tat that was like so cool and i built like a very i built like a very death american lightsaber i wish it was up here with me right now um with like you know like the the horn at the end and like everything mm-hmm. it was so good and i i like actually left and i was like so because i just like larped a true star wars yeah. experience <laughs> That I like left the the building and just like sat on the ground and cried for ten minutes because I was so emotionally overwhelmed. <laughs> you know, I just want to give a shout out to all the cast members. You know, I mean, because they, honestly, I mean, and many of them are laid off right now, right? And mm-hmm. and or or on furlough, uh, but. Gosh, they they all went all out. You know, it wasn't just Imagineering. The cast members all came up with, you know, everyone was encouraged to come up with their own backstory. So mm-hmm. like they, you know, commuted from whether whatever planet that they came that they decided they came from. Uh, they were encouraged to kind of come up with their own uniform using the pieces that they had yeah. um, um, uh, to really kind of yeah to to create a Star Wars LARP. <laughs> I can't wait for the hotel. Oh my gosh, that oh. hotel. I can't wait till I can afford any of these things. <laughs> I'll straight up like, if I'm looking for a sugar daddy specifically for the Star Wars hotel, listen, nothing for you, but everything for me. Give it. We were, actually, I want I was, a star. I want a geek sugar daddy. <laughs> I'll I vlog it or so, I'll live stream it for you. I don't care. <laughs> can we share a geek sugar daddy? Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay, so... If anybody wants a geek sugar harem. (laughs) (laughs) And do you like brunettes with like bluish, pinkish, brownish hair? (laughs) Yeah, no, I it's 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 stupid expensive, but I swear I will like I will eat ramen for a year to do that experience. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Looking out the windows and seeing space. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I mean, actually, I was I was just looking up the patents for for that tech in particular about there the, there there are filed patents from Disney um, that kind of show. Wait, the, the windows idea. are going to be space. The, yes. When, yeah. So, like, basically, you you are immersed inside this hotel and you were on a starship for two and days. They don't break character. Every they speak every to you in character the whole time. Every window leads out to space, and there are the bridge windows, which are really impressively technical. Uh, basically, it's a full size, you know, twenty foot window that looks out into space, and they're using kind of a combination of translucent video and um, Pepper's ghost effect and projection and video wall to create Wait, dimensional. So um, are you not allowed to leave the hotel for two days? It's a cruise experience it's in, an, on a starship. And Wait, it's a, on a boat? No. No. In a hotel? You go yes. In a hotel, but it's, you are, you are kind of socially distanced basically on this hotel for a immersive LARP uh star cruiser experience oh so what i'm what i'm hearing is that if you have just read the legacy run arc and you have severe anxiety oh gosh (laughs) 
Well, okay, you do. Way okay, to bring uh, it down, Lexi. Way to bring it down. We, 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 <laughs> you do apparently have one port day on on Black Spire, so you know. <laughs> oh, I forgot I was wearing a headband. <laughs> um, Wait, you know before what? you go, Molly, I want to tell you that next week our guest is a Star Wars fan filmmaker. <gasps> Amazing! I'll definitely so, try to tune in. Okay. Do, do, do you want to uh, talk to uh, say who it is? Yes, it's Raymond Montemayor, and he's made several uh, uh, Star Wars fan films, and he uses stop motion photography and live action. And I'm in one of them for like a hot second, <laughs> like a hot, hot second. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so Molly, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, before we let you go, um, anything you'd like to share with us? Uh, yeah, if y'all want to follow me on the internet, it's Molly McIsaac everywhere but Facebook, where I'm not allowed to be me. Um, but if you want to join on, if you want to join a Star Wars group, it's Star Wars Dumpster Fire on Facebook. Um, you'll know it. I think there, there's like a little like fire emoji at the end. Um, yeah, I also stream semi often um, on my channel here on Twitch, which is Night Glimmer. And I mostly play Final Fantasy 14, but occasionally other things. And I will actually, in Star Wars related news, at some point this year be DMing an Edge of the Empire game on the TTRPG channel that I stream with, which is Q Times. So watch out for that. So like, I will be running like a pretty like Sith leaning um, Edge of the Empire game because I like the evil babies more than anything. So <laughs> yeah, but if you just follow me on any like social media, I'm pretty active on Twitter and Instagram. So I'll talk about it. But I had so much fun. Yeah. Thank y'all for yeah, having thank me. Thank you. Yeah. If, if, you, if you Twitch on Saturday nights, we'll have to raid you. No. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Molly, so good to see you again. Yeah, so good to see you. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. May the nice force to meet be with you. May the force. And you. also with you. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Catholic school. Ooh, speaking of PTSD and Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we're going to move on uh, to our next topic. Uh, really quickly, one little uh, plug here to celebrate. We are here on the Geekish Network. We're going to celebrate the new network. And to honor the podcast that started it all, we are giving away a PC, a full PC system, courtesy of our good friend of the network at Jeremy Germ 33. He's a, uh, you can find him on Insta uh, Instagram and on Twitch as at Jeremy Germ 33. We'll go ahead and he put that in the- He gave us 33 bits. And he gave us 33 bits. Thank you for that. Uh, it, it's a custom workstation or gaming PC that won't break the bank unless you want it to. Uh, you set the budget, he'll work around it. Premium parts with your personal flair, serving the greater LA County for, with 20 years of experience. If you're in the market for a PC, hit up at Jeremy Germ 33 IG and Twitch. Uh, we'll drop this link in the chat. Uh, one of us will. And uh, make sure you take a look at that and we'll be doing that giveaway. It's in it. It's in it. It's, it's like it. magic. And he gave us another 33 bits. We have 66 bits. I have no idea what that means. But, <laughs> but definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, hopefully you can see you'll you'll, uh, you'll see uh, the case. It is a beautiful case. It has the words Pangeekery running across it. Of course, the channel that started it all. Uh, it looks very much like the black label um, of, you know. Oh, Johnny some, Walker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know my alcohols. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I forgot that I was gonna tell because people always ask me in the chat what I'm drinking because I so like a oh, yeah. throughout the night. And because I was painting my kitchen, I have paint all over me. I was painting my kitchen, so I didn't. Wait, is I it blue? It's blue. Yes, but I was. I, I haven't washed my Chewbacca tiki 
sipper cuppy thingy. So I'm just drinking straight out of there with a paper straw, which is starting to disintegrate. But it's a, uh, I'm drinking the Two Town Cider House Pacific Pineapple tonight mm, that and sounds it tasty is, it is 5% alcohol by volume which is a full percent less than the one I was drinking last week which is why I got super tipsy last week and I'm less tipsy this week even though I'm on number. well then you just need to drink faster then clearly because that straw is gonna otherwise it's about the straw really it is about the straw but mm. I was I was trying not to mess up my 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 lip gloss but it's almost gone anyway so I'm gonna re- <laughs> So I looked up the Jim Cummings thing and he was accused of rape and animal abuse, but then ring capacity in the comments says that he was vindicated by the court. So I don't know what's going really? on there. Yeah. But that sounds too messy for my heart to get into right now. Yeah. Can, can people like, just that not later. be terrible, please? Is that really oh, so much to ask? Just don't, I mean, don't be an asshole. Come on. I mean, Gina, they were just going to give you a bag of money. Gina, what the <laughs> hell? Kevin Crossing just said, well, if you start to tip, we can just rotate your camera. <laughs> 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 That's funny. We need to do a drunk episode. <laughs> uh, I'm down for that. I could get, I could get behind that. I could get behind. <laughs> that was like every episode of Pod Thingy, but hey, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Well, oh, okay. shall we? I went to UCSB. I'm uniquely qualified to do a drunk episode of anything. <laughs> <laughs> let, let the spotchka roll. Uh, shall we get on to our next topic for the evening? Oh, if we must. Quick, I, I, I flashed this shirt at people, but this is by a really lovely artist. Uh, their website is quietduna, quietduna.com. Really, like, I don't know, super comfy, good art. Uh, lots of fandom stuff, so check that out. Moving on. Excellent. <laughs> I'm All always right. looking for nerdy tank tops for at Comic-Con because right? even if it's freezing cold the week before and the week after, the week of Comic-Con will be hot and humid. Tank <laughs> every time. To layer in. Tank tops are better to layer in, you know? That way you don't have the extra sleeve that you're sweating in and you can, yeah. Mm. So, Let, air so, it out, air it out. Okay, so, my, so okay, I, I have a tendency to ride hot. But my friends are making fun of me because recently I decided upon uh, uh, I'm going to try to make like ponchos work. So I have like, you know, a fabric poncho with a hoodie and uh, and it's and it's great because if I just get warm, I just go poof and then I'm aired out. <laughs> it's it's great. Okay, wait, so it. who's making fun of you? Who do I need to beat up? <laughs> wait, that's a stunning idea. Come hang out with me and my weird Burning Man friends. They'll come. <laughs> <with the poncho. laughs> I, I'll also say that it's it, it 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 like once I put it on, I looked at it, at myself in the mirror, and I'm kind of like, you know, this could like incognito be like the start of an Ahsoka Mano uh, <laughs> cosplay. <laughs> I tell you, I dress a little weird. I feel like a Jedi. It boosts my self esteem. <laughs> okay, with that, I don't have normal people clothes anymore. Let's move on. The Essential Ahsoka, Part 2, The Onderon Arc. As the Clone Wars rage on across the galaxy, the human toll continues to mount as the Jedi, as Jedi apprentice Ahsoka Tano continues to learn about and question the war and its effects on the Jedi Order. Her investment in the many players rises on the planet Onderon, where she encounters Separatist Senator Bonteri and her son Lux Bonteri 
Over three years of encounters with Lux, she learns how the lines between good and evil, friend and enemy, become increasingly gray as the planet becomes increasingly oppressed and more desperate under separatist rule. The unrest on the planet leads to a controversial plan proposed by Jedi Knight General Anakin Skywalker, who recommends supporting rebel forces on Onderon in their attempt to destabilize separatist control. But as Ahsoka becomes more in invested and attached to the movement founded and led by revolutionaries Lux Bonteri, Saw Guerrera, and Sister Stila Guerrera, the Padawan Tano is forced to test her resolve between fighting for what she believes in, fighting for what she cares about, and fighting for what she thinks is right. Uh, so this, these are episodes uh, 310, 414, and 5, 2 through 5. Uh, what did you guys think of this arc? First impressions. So first impressions, I went, I mean, and this is not a particularly insightful one. I, I just literally went, is the narrator the same guy who narrated George of the Jungle? <laughs> Wait, which version? The the one with um, Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Like, I haven't seen I, I was just listening to it and years? I just went, why does this... Uh, he sounds like the narrator from George. So I, I don't know. That's something. I believe I believe the the the, the voice actors doing the, the the opening narration is uh, uh uh shoot what's his name, um um the same voice actor who does Obi Wan. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh uh, gosh, brain not working. But it's it's uh, <laughs> he does he does Obi Wan. He does Yuloran. Uh, he does a number of different voices on the. Uh, on, on the show. I, I, anyway, it just, it reminded me so much, like watch George of the Jungle, even if it's for like 0.5 seconds, like listen to the narrator, <laughs> play it back to back. Like it sounds really similar. I don't know. How, how often do you watch the Brendan Fraser, George of the Not Jungle? Not very often, but it, it came <laughs> around in my formative I mean, I'm a 90s baby, okay? I mean, oh, he's okay. not bad to look at. I mean, honestly. <laughs> George oh, of the Jungle actually is, um, uh, his, he's a hero from the, James Arnold uh, Taylor. Thank you for that in yeah, the chat. He's a, he's a romantic interest who's actually not written from the male gaze. And and that's a whole other essay that I could get into, but we're not here to talk. We're about not here that. to talk about that. But feel free to <laughs> ask me about that at a later date because Brendan <laughs> is a feminist romance icon, or not Brendan Fisher, uh, 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 Brendan Fisher is George of the Jungle. Yes. Um, I, I just know there were a lot of moms. I think I saw that time. once. Was there? <laughs> there? There were a lot of moms at the time who were all about watching that with their kids. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> my thought, my, uh, my, but, but okay, about these episodes. So the start. Are, I, I loved. I loved that this was. I had forgotten that this arc had a lot of um, Ahsoka and Amidala team up, and I, I just yeah. always loved. I love that. That makes me really happy. Yeah, this, the the first episode, uh, yeah, we're we're kind of introduced to kind of what Amadala is doing, uh, just trying to deal with this war on, on a diplomatic side, right? And she makes a she makes a, a run to uh, to Onderon to see if she can broker peace with her mentor. Who we find is uh, is Senator Bonteri. Wait, I don't think she goes to on. Is it? Does she go to Onderon? Because he when because Ahsoka You're asks right, him later. Yeah. Okay. They, okay. Yeah, you're right. She, she, okay. they, they go to wherever the the, the Confederacy um, um, uh, Senate is, but she's still whatever, representing whatever Mina Bonteri's planet is. I don't remember. It starts with a C. Well, Ring I, capacity. Tell us. 
Nina Bonteri is from. No, she is from Onderon. That's she's, well, yeah, she, she's, she's from Onderon. She's from Onderon. But the Senate is on a different planet. Right. Onderon is also a really interesting planet. Like, I don't know if it's still canon, but at least in Legends, um, Onderon was ruled by a Sith leader in like four, like 4,000 before Yavin. Um, um, and, uh, the, you know, it's, it's also, uh, like a jungle planet. Um, you know, we, we, we have people who are like, you know, beast riders, um, um, that we still see happening when we get to, to that. I love those. Oh my God. Um, I love them so much. What are they called? I need to I, find that out. Keep going. I'll find it out. Um, I, I also really says names are not his strong suit. Names so. <laughs> Uh, uh, I also find it really kind of interesting how they kind of set this up where, um, you know, they are trying to broker peace um, and you see the banking clan and the Kaminoans basically trying to block this, this uh, 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 bid for peace and straight up war profiteering with, uh, with, um, with Dooku. Yeah, that's like, what we live in right now. <laughs> uh, Art reflecting life. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the, um, let's talk about Lux. Uh, what are your impressions of Lux in this, in that first episode? He's super hot for a cartoon character. <laughs> He's got that kind of Aladdin hair. I like his little nose. I like how it goes like this. He's got that that it's Irish. Like his Disney Prince nose. It's like the ski slope nose, or like the the slalom nose. His character design reminded me a little more than I expected of Bolin from Avatar, which is not <laughs> seeing as it's a Filoni. Oh, that's that's true. They do yeah. both have that same kind of pointed nose, like that um, British charm. You know what I mean, with the big eyes and the little nose. Yeah, and the, and the, and the hair. Yeah, total, I, total. total yeah. Uh, I also like how, how both uh, both uh, uh, the the Bonteris are kind of used to humanize the uh, the separatists, right? I mean, basically, Ahsoka comes into this very distrustful of everyone, and she's ultimately proven wrong. I, I love how gently but firmly, like she says something, and someone's like, "Oh, well, um, those are kind of." I think was it is it Mina? She's like, "Oh, those are uh, those are kind of extremist views." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very casual. It's like, oh, that's extremist, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and they also have a kind of an interesting perspective in that uh, she lost her husband and he lost his father mm-hmm. to 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 like a, a Jedi killed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they don't really have any faith in like the establishment per se, right. which is and, and she she kind of gets her first chance to see in a case where that might be valid, uh, which actually was like a note. I said, we see Ahsoka start to. Uh, realize that she doesn't have a full uh, view. She doesn't. She's not fully aware of the scope of the Republic's actions, and she's starting to realize she might represent some practices that she doesn't approve of. Yeah, I mean that that was actually a, a great line that she has at the end of the episode, and she's walking uh, uh, along with them, um, Anakin and Padme. And I can't remember the line precisely, but she talks about how this the war is not as simple as she thought it was when this all began. <laughs> it It's, I remember, and it's interesting because I remember watching that when like the episode, when it came out initially and I, what year did it come out? Gosh, uh, I don't remember <laughs> 2013 maybe. Yeah. And so like I was, 
if it, like I was around 23-ish at the time. And I remember thinking that being like valid, right? And like looking back at it now, I was like, oh, sweetheart, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, which I think it's funny because like Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka would probably also look back at that Ahsoka and be like, sweetheart, that is adorable. I mean, Ahsoka is what? She's about fifth, four, 14 still at that time, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, but it's also very sad looking at it in that context that you have a 14-year-old who's like actually having to contextualize, have deep working knowledge of like the realities of war. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, you know, I mean, one of the things that I called out about the last arc that we watched, right, where she has that exchange with with uh, Varys, where she kind of questions, what are the Jedi's role in all of this war? Are we warriors or are we keepers of the peace? And what's the difference, right? Or what does peace mean then right. in that context, you know? Uh, uh, I want to move on to the next episode of Friend in Need, right? So this is one year later, and uh, Ahsoka comes across Lux Monteri, who is now trying to avenge his mother's death. We find out that after her attempt to broker peace with uh, Padme, Dooku had her killed, and Lux is kind of hellbent to um, to, uh, to to have uh, uh, Dooku killed. No matter what it costs him, right? Right. He starts, yeah, he, he starts to get a little... Uh... Well, he starts to he starts to get an extremist, you know, yeah. in, in of himself, and, and it's very interesting because you you kind of see while Ahsoka is a is a, a I talk a lot about character foils coming from like a, a directing standpoint, you know, but you see uh, Ahsoka a lot as a character foil for Anakin, but it's interesting because then they almost use uh, Lux as a character foil for Padme. Yeah. Because Padme is not the one to, to, to respond to emotional situations with, with violence. Um, well, well, this is the, also the, the interesting thing. Like, you know, you, you see a little bit of light flirting in the, in the first episode, right? And that's why I compare the two. But yeah, we get to this where the, now there's like some straight up like chemistry happening to the point that in like, uh, first of all, of course, we meet Death Watch. And for context, if you haven't <laughs> seen the the whole arc of Clone Wars, this is the second time uh, we've seen uh, uh, Death Watch um, and pre Vizsla in, in the context of every, everything. But uh, uh, in order to, to, to save um, Ahsoka from being found out for being um, a Jedi Padawan, uh, he claims that her, that she is his betrothed, uh, Lux does. And uh, in one scene to kind of get her to shut up and not talk about how Death Watch is a terrorist organization, uh, she he basically, they lock lips. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pres he kind of springs it on her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, shut up! <laughs> but we see the sparks fly, though, too, right? And that is a really interesting thing in that... Um, we kind of see Ahsoka have her first crush here, more or less. Yeah. Oh, are we getting into that yet? I think I we think can. I mean, you're we just did that. Like the fact that that Anakin is like, be careful with that. I understand what's going on here. And, and they do have a nod to that where she's like, she just very like glibly says to Padme at some point in the arc. Oh, yeah, that's, that's why you and Anakin get along. And Padme's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like and realizes that she has no idea what she just said and is like, yeah, that's totally why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only oh, time kid I think I've sister. ever seen, noted, noted only time I think I've ever seen Padme's character be awkward like ever. Like, <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's I mean, this is a, this is a great thing. Right. Uh, and, you know, you guys have heard me talk about this, but I, I really do love this dynamic between Anakin and Ahsoka um, when we get to uh, a war in two fronts, which is when they're on Onderon and working with Saw Gerrera and Steela Gerrera. Um, and Ahsoka is kind of now in a place where she spends a lot of time with Lux. Um, but of course, Jedi has a philosophy around how Jedi are supposed to maintain attachments or rather not have them. Okay, but her mentors are Anakin, who's like banging Padme and Obi-Wan, Obi who's banging the Queen of Mandalore. Well, okay, Obi-Wan did not bang the Queen of Mandalore. He, <laughs> Obi-Wan- He did Obi in his mind. But but he well actually this is the thing right this is the really interesting thing and I think we're actually going to cover the uh, the that that actual the the Duchess of Mandalore um, um, story arc next uh, just to kind of look at these three shipping uh, right because Obi Wan basically straight up he's he's like it's the Jedi way I don't do that I you know he's in full self denial about this. Uh, uh, which causes, which is kind of the source of a lot of friction between him and the Duchess. But um, so you have like two opposite extremes. And his of, denial arguably causes a, a domino effect of what happens to Anakin and Ahsoka. Right, right. Back to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of see how level headed Anakin is in <laughs> counseling um, Ahsoka. <laughs> And keeping Girl. her in perspective so that Ahsoka ultimately is the only one of the three of them to make the right decision. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giggling because Earl, Earl says they did it. And like, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't really argue with that. No. Oh, so it's like, the, I feel like this is the perfect theory time for me to like get all like psychology. Uh, Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attachment theory in the Jedi order. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody hasn't, is not familiar with attachment theory, it's, it's a theory uh, put forward by John Bowlby, who was a British psychoanalyst in the 1900s, um, 1907 to 1990. He studied behavior in infants who'd been separated from their parents, which like right away, a very literal, like Jedi are all like adopted kids, essentially in, this, in the social order that they're raised in. And attachment being a way to describe an aspect of a caretaker and ward relationship where the primary caregiver functions as a safe, base from which the ward can learn and explore. Uh, there are attachment figures and the attachment figure would be like the, the Jedi master uh, who would provide us figure support, protection and care. Uh, people have different types of attachment, which it's becoming kind of more popular to talk about it in psychology. I think it's a great thing that people are talking about it because it helps them fix their shit. Um, so in, in our particular little group of Jedi, with Obi-Wan, with Anakin, and with Ahsoka, we have like a bunch of attachment styles, which I think are really interesting. So we've got organized attachment styles, which are uh, secure, avoidant, and disorganized. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So secure adults tend to hold positive self-image and positive images of others, meaning that they had both a sense of worthiness and expectation that other people were generally accepting and responsive. Many secure adults may in fact experience negative attachment related events, but they're able to objectively assess people and avoid events um, that are negative and um, gravitate towards events that assign positive value to relationships in general. So they're basically able to recognize green flags is 
right. what that's fancy for, right? Which, yeah. which is pretty much what Ahsoka does. I mean, she kind of she knows she has this this these feelings for him. But she's she has processed to keep it. Green flags in a way because you know. So there's others. So you have. So you have. Wait, what if you're that. really good at um, attracting red flags? I would not actually call Ahsoka a secure attachment. Style. Oh, oh I, I I see. Okay. Later. So there's the avoidant attachment style, which is like, actually, I think the only secure attachment style in Star Wars that I've ever seen is Yoda. Really? Yeah. Because How so? Because, because he's not beyond bestowing favors upon people that he finds particularly important or that he thinks have a particular relevance to what are going on. So he's not, you know, averse to that, but he also doesn't hold on to things too much. Then you've got like the avoidant <laughs> attachment style, which is like demonstrated by adults who hold a positive self-image and a negative image of others. They avoid close relationships and intimacy with others. Um, they deny experiencing distress associated with relationships and attachments in general. That sounds like Obi-Wan. Which is why I thought of it. That's yeah. Obi-Wan. So you've totally. got Obi-Wan there, right? Uh, then you've got disorganized, which I think Anakin and Ahsoka are different types of disorganized. Interesting. So you have children who perceive that their emotional needs are somehow going to be rejected by their parents, AKA the Jedi order. You're not mm -hmm. supposed to feel that. You're not supposed to focus on that feeling, put it away. That's not for Jedi to have. That's not right. for Jedi to feel. So the child stops expecting responses from the parents and learn that they should not express their emotions openly or seek support because they're not gonna receive any. As time goes by, they become self-sufficient and independent. Other people reject their emotions anyway, so why bother trying to express them? And so sometimes that's why, like, that they have a lot of their relationships end up being these kind of taboo things with, with uh, Lux and Padme. So you know, so this was my feeling. You know, and okay, I have other feelings about Yoda, but that's a that's a larger topic that I'll touch on. But you know, Tracy really wants to talk. Do you want to talk before me? I just think it's really weird that you're talking about this in the very next episode after Onderon is the Padawans or the, the younglings trying to get their kyber crystals and the exact same thing is happening. Just saying. Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> well, see, Tracy, like when I, went, when, when I was watching this arc, I just blew right on through and kept going. So I did watch that episode and I went, oh, so like same page. Yeah. Um, so, so, so here, he, I mean, he, the thing that I find striking, right, is that ultimately Ahsoka in my opinion, makes the most kind of responsible choice, right? She doesn't quite deny her feelings. In fact, she reaches out to Anakin and straight up talks about them. Yeah. And, and, and in that way, you know, I have this whole theory that we've, we've talked about off, off um, Mike uh, mm -hmm. before that kind of one of the core arcs of the clone wars is the one good thing that Anakin did is that he, served as a nurturing big brother to Ahsoka mm -hmm. and gave her all the support that he was lacking in not having a father figure in Qui-Gon Jinn and not having really a truly uh, a brother figure in, in Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan ultimately is distant in his kind of, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, his holding true to the Jedi way. And uh, in that said, you know, Ahsoka kind of actually processes this. You know, she she knows that she's a Jedi. She has an oath. She knows that Lux has this thing with Stila. And, you know, and you know, she she's she's not gonna encroach on that to the point that, you know, they kiss right in front of her and she, you know, and she, you know, 
knocks him on the shoulder. It's painful for her, but but she Wait, you know did she, they kiss? They just hugged. They didn't kiss. No, no, he she she kisses Stila kisses him. Yeah. Before, on the right, lips? Before, yeah. yeah, before the last Big mission. Old kiss. Like, yeah. Before the last mission, she's like, fuck it, and just kind of goes for it and like grabs him. Yeah. He, he has a moment where he reaches for her right before they're about to go into battle, and he's like, uh, never mind. And then she goes to mount her her dinosaur, and then she's like, wait a minute. And she goes over and like plants a big one in, on him. And uh, Ahsoka's just watching there right she's behind really them that. and taking it all in stride. That's you know? Well, that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But then she congratulates him. She like knocks him on the shoulders, like, hey, yeah. You know, and she's like, ah, inside. <laughs> How did I miss that? That's a yeah, big it's, moment. It, it, it's great because I can see her, because, you know, like I can see her being like, well, how can I not congratulate my friend? Like, uh, how can I not? I'm not a good partner for him anyway. You know, like I can yeah. see her doing that. Like we have, like I could see her doing the mental math. Like I would, it would just be selfish of me to be a shit about this. And so she like sucks it up. Well, I mean, Aww. also, you know, like when they first meet, you know, they have a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a little bit of friction between Stila and Ahsoka at the beginning too. Uh, it's, which uh, honestly, it's because it's because Stila full on clocks that that Ahsoka and Lux have a thing. They got a thing, yeah clocks it she clocks it right away uh ring capacity says is, is younger and does not clock it right away and is like bitch why are you being so moody towards me and then it's like oh you're oh oh like <laughs> uh, ring that's, when that's, that's when she's preoccupied and then anakin's like head in the game yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh ring capacity yeah. says ahsoka is all emotion she was all she was always butting heads with the jedi because of it yeah i mean and that's something you know you know, if you watch the very beginning of the series, the whole idea of assigning Ahsoka to Anakin was that they were they were like, you know, Anakin Skywalker, he's way too good at this war thing and he's too impulsive. What we need to do is give him a really impulsive uh, 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 Padawan so that he can work through his his attachments and be ready to let go of them when she it? grows, what which. Not Sorry, in what? Good yeah. in theory, but the pri in practice, not really, did not work out that way. Which is, <laughs> which is also, but I, I, I do want to address, like you know, I have this thing with Yoda that I kind of feel the core of the problems of the Jedi Order kind of begin from Yoda, uh, in part because we know Yoda has been the 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 the, the sole um, Grandmaster of the Jedi Order for at least three hundred years, um, but um, I have a whole theory about where his cultural mindset is and how it relates to um, his uh, his personal philosophy on attachments. But I won't get into that right now. And, and, uh, and the fact that like, I mean, I think I think also just like his sheer lifespan compared to a lot of the other creatures that he works with is really gonna skew his his priorities, takes views. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But this is, you know, the thing that you were saying with Ahsoka being the only one of those three kind of principal Jedi, the original like trio of like Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and uh, Anakin to make the healthiest choice. And like, I would, I would agree with you on that uh, fully. And, and the evidence of that being like, she's the only one to like survive all that. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. He was old, whatever, but like he did, like he decided he's like, I've contributed all I can you know, like going out like this is the best thing I can do. And like Ahsoka is the one who 
her choices, her path is the one that moves things forward. And that's why she has made it through the longest she's needed. Uh, she's needed to take things in a new direction. Uh, as we kind of touched on with Molly earlier that she and Asajj Ventress both have opportunities like Anakin did. Anakin had the opportunity to be an independent force user. Mm-hmm. He could have done that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Asajj, like I said, she was formerly Sith and then kind of gave up that Sith alliance. Um, but, you know, going, going back to Ahsoka, she also, you know, had the opportunity to go back to the Jedi or it would have been pretty, pretty simple for her to like turn Sith if she wanted to, you know? Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the difference is that Anakin ultimately embraces his anger, right? Yeah. He embraces his fear of loss and he goes headfirst into anger. Uh, he He's never learns how to process his anger. And that's something that they Fire even kind of call out, you yeah. know, in uh, episode one. Um, but versus, you know, Ahsoka has this time where she's she is in touch with her emotions and she is in touch with her passions mm-hmm. and she learns how to process them, you know, and in part because of uh, because of uh, watching Anakin, of all things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree about that. Um, uh, I do want to get to some of the uh, these other things. Uh, you know, we we oh. do actually we did actually get to see. This is actually the first episode you see Bo-Katan actually in the entire also, series. I lied. I lied. He's a, he's got an anxious attachment style. You that they they want they when when someone who like hurts them comes back, they want to be comforted, but they pull away because they want to punish the person who hurt them. Oh yeah. Totally. That's fucking Anakin, that vindictive shit. Okay, move on. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and we also see how kind of um, controlling he is too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like there's the there's the whole arc with um, Corvus. Oh, sorry, we're getting tension. Uh, uh, yeah, so I wanted to call out that this is the first appearance of Bo-Katan with, uh, uh, in, in the, in, who was, when was first cast as just a random Death Watch lieutenant. But of course, her character is expanded on um, in episodes after this, uh, this is also the first time we see Saw Gerrera. And of course, you know, Saw Gerrera, if you didn't realize this is the same character that is, uh, appears in, in Rogue One and is played by, uh, uh, by Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Kevin, I'm sad because I'm out of alcohol. Andy, <laughs> I would totally do young Saw Gerrera. <laughs> Young Sagarero was kind of kind of a snack. He's, he's, like, he's got anger issues, he man. Stila. I like not the not not both at the same time. That's a little weird. <laughs> I'm not into the sibling shit, but as somebody who who like appreciates equal equal opportunity aesthetics across all genders, I have to say, like that's an attractive pair of siblings. Their parents done good. Um, oh um, yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine if Stila Guerrera and Lux had babies? Mm. Those are some cute babies. I'm just saying, but I would totally. I'm just saying that me and Cartoon Sagarera would also have cute babies, and we could make little rebel scum. I know, and we could name them Iron and Copper and Screwdriver. Um. So I don't. I don't know if it was intentional, um, but. It, it, and I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm blanking out on the spelling of Guerrera's last name, but Guerrera in Spanish, at least the closest associated word is warrior. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's G U E G G U E R R A. Yeah, that's, that's Spanish. That's Spanish. Yeah. It's literally like warrior fighter. 
Ooh, see, that was not on accident. Like that was definitely totally. on, that was not on accident. They did that. They, that's, they like, went that's like Pablo Hidalgo sneaking it in, right? <laughs> yeah, that's like General Grievous. Do you think he's nice? <laughs> or Darth Sidious. He's a guy. He pilots the Malevolent. I wonder if he'll invite us over. <laughs> or, or Darth Wait, Vader, is- which is Vader is his father in German, right? What does that say about Dooku? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's I, what he's saying. He See, I stinks. Think I, I think I, I, I honestly like when I found out that, that uh, Sidious's name was Sheev Palpatine. I went, no wonder the guy's a Sith Lord of all the, <laughs> the galaxy, and they name him Sheev Palpatine. I would fucking go to the dark side too. Maybe he just has palpitations. <laughs> Like Narcissa Malfoy, like she's gonna be herself, you know. <laughs> Worst parental move ever. I know, Lucius Malfoy, which, funny enough, is my ex-husband's. Uh, that's a family name in their family. Well, oh what? Oh, that's funny. Oh wow, that's funny. That's great. Well, likewise, like when when they introduced Remus Lupin, I was like, "Oh, dude's clearly a werewolf." Worst kept secret. Uh, but okay, but let's talk about let's talk about the rebels. Let's talk about the underground rebels here, right? So we have this uh, this first rebellion that we see, uh, uh, and and ultimately trained by uh, our Jedi team here and Rex, um, which I found really interesting. This idea of kind of a shadow war, um, kind of led by. Anakin and Ahsoka, more or less. Which is really great because you you end up seeing her continue that legacy on into the novels, and then you see that go forward on into uh, what she's even doing in, in Mandalorian. Uh, right. But it's, it's good to see the basis of that here where she starts to really have to play with like the moral dilemmas of like, when do I get involved? How much do I get involved? And what kind of help do I give? Well, she, she basically breaks her orders right i mean she, you know when when the king of onderon is about to be uh, oh no it's not uh, when, when okay, the king of onderon is freed by uh the general and the general is about to sacrifice himself on behalf of the rebels and his soldiers and the king and uh and that it's at that moment that ahsoka decides screw it i'm intervening and you know kind of breaks rank a little bit and this is and you she know, was ready to do that right before that until the general intervened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been much uglier if if uh, the general had not. Right. Right. But it's not like she made like she made a spur of the moment choice, but then she had time to think about it and then yeah. proceed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it is. It's like it's 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 foreshadowing to who she becomes. Right. I mean, ultimately, she becomes, you know, uh, a a tool of the light or, you know, you know, in, in service of the force, but, you know, doing what is right, but not necessarily what is duty bound or, you know, um, what is deemed good, just what's right. Right. Which is, which I totally understand. I know like, and even while watching this arc, cause I, I don't talk politics on HNG. Like I pretty much don't reveal my, my politics at all, but being a, Trekkie, like obviously I'm pretty progressive. <laughs> like if you know, I feel like if you're a Trekkie and you're not progressive, you're doing something wrong. But um, I feel like, but I'm also the kind of like I, you know, I have friends who will be like, you know, if you don't think the same way as I do, just unfriend me now. And while I respect that, I've 
I'm the kind of person where I want to have a conversation with people. In fact, Jason Bieber, I don't think he's on tonight, but you know, he said something about like Marjorie Taylor Greene on one of my posts. And I said, you know, it was something about like transgender. Right. And I said, well, if, if, if given the chance, I would sit down and talk to her and find out why she thinks the way she does. Maybe there's something that I can say that might make get her to think differently. And then today I was having a conversation with my stepfather where he was very much like, oh, yeah, I'm colorblind and all lives matter. And, and I had to explain to him what Black Lives Matter really meant and that by saying, you know, really that was how he felt, right? Was Black Lives Matter. He just hadn't heard of it in the context that was presented that way. So when I'm watching mm -hmm. Ahsoka Tano um, talk to Lex about, or Lux about, um, and, and they're coming, they're kind of finding this common ground and seeing that each other is not so bad and they do have these weird things in common. Like I, I was kind of thinking along those, I don't know, I was identifying with that. Yeah. Uh, in a way that felt very, uh, even though that episode was from like 2013 or so, it felt very relevant to today. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and this is the thing, you know, I was kind of mentioning before, right. We, we have that moment where she's just begging Anakin and, and Kenobi to send troops because they're, they're, they're getting beat down into the cliffs and they're like, it's up to the council. And then it's like, how can you just leave us to die here? This is screwed up. And they're like, well, then you have to desert them. Uh, uh, and you know she ultimately chooses not to. Uh, uh, it's also really interesting at the very end of the the last episode, and you have Anakin and Obi Wan, and Obi Wan says you know something to the extent of I think this experience has taken quite a toll on on our, and I also notice he says our Padawan, like kind of acknowledging it's not your Padawan, she's ours. Uh, we we both take responsibility, which I thought was kind of interesting because I hadn't heard, noticed that before, but um, uh, you know even she kind of calls out. Um, when she's talking to Lux, uh, but at what cost? It's like you once said, many lives get caught between the Re Republic and the Separatists. But one of the one of the only like quotes I, I don't often like stop and write down quotes, but I did write a quote down. True to form, I did not write who said it, <laughs> but it kind of like this arc on like a macro and like an individual scale, the line was disobedience is a demand for change. Yeah. Oh, that was, um, that was the starting, uh, that was the, the, that's what it was. It was the beginning. I wrote yeah. it down. I was like, Oh shit. This is so disobedience is a demand for change. And that not only feels very uh, appropriate on like an inner, like on like a, a galactic scale for the plot that, that arc that we watched, but for like the individual characters for Ahsoka, particularly right. the place she's in in her arc, and also kind of what ties it to current events today. And of course, what will lead her to ultimately leave the Jedi Order um, mm -hmm. in a couple of yeah. seasons. But I'm going to wrap this up for now. This is a good talk. Uh, if any of you out there have thoughts, please share with us. Uh, on the chat or comment on that uh, and we will get to uh, another uh, arc next week I think uh, or actually in two weeks when we'll return to uh, rewatching some of these story great story arcs in the Clone Wars. Uh, thanks to our new followers Nave Esk and Locke 1992 um, Squad Reports, any other th uh, questions from the galaxy? 
Anything... What's our what's the homework for next week? It's it's reading, right? It's reading. We're we're back to the High Republic book club. So next week on March sixth, we'll be covering the Light of the Jedi Part Two, which is chapter nineteen through thirty five, uh, and we will be welcoming our next uh, guest, Raymond Montemayor, who uh, is a filmmaker and animator who will be joining us on the cast next week. Uh, And then in uh, two weeks, March 13th, we'll come back to the Essential Clone Wars. We'll be covering some of the Mandalore, Mandalore, the Mandalore lore. Bleh. (laughs) <laughs> and talking about <laughs> and talking about Duchess Satine and Obi Wan uh, a little bit. That'll be a fun one. We'll get to that. And huge thank you to Earl. We almost had to cancel tonight, but yes. thanks to Earl, we did Holy not have to. Uh, so thank you for tonight for joining us here on the Geekish Network. We're here every Saturday night at eight o'clock. Please follow Geekish Network here on Twitch and subscribe to the channel. If you have Amazon Prime, you can link your account and sub to us using Prime Gaming. You should check the sh- check the sh- schedules. Check the schedules. Check the <laughs> schedules for all the other great shows on here throughout the week. This Monday night, the our flagship show, Pen Geekery, will be covering Space Sweepers uh, on for, that's running on Netflix right now, as well as talking about WandaVision Episode 8 on Disney+. Plus. And uh, Earl and I will be there for that, along with Jen and Caitlin. Uh, thanks to thanks on the flight tech to Mike and Rodney uh, and our MVP of the night, Earl. Yeah! Yay! <laughs> also, thank you, Digital Click. They specialize in digital marketing, design, social media, advertising. Find them at digitalclick.com. And we are the Pod Squadron. Please check out our current our content on podsquadron.com. Like and scr- subscribe on Twitch and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for podcast subscriptions. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. I am the Chinese Pirate at Chinese Pirate underscore on all platforms. I am Hot Nerd Girl Tracy at um, Hot Nerd Girl on Facebook, and I'll be back in two days. <laughs> and um, at, at Hot underscore underscore Girl underscore Hot underscore Nerd underscore Girl on Twitter. I, I switched them up. I, I get confused when I switch them up. And Hot Nerd Girl official on Instagram. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Lexi, do you um, have anything yet? <laughs> you have them? No. no. <laughs> so that's a work in progress. But you'll I mean, find out more. I, 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 I have things, but I, I, I don't want to go through like the three names that I haven't synced up yet. So <laughs> it'll it'll be there when you guys get there. International Not Woman of Mystery. Lexi Lee. <laughs> uh, tonight we are rating Jen Zaney. Look for Jen Zaney. Uh, we'll be t- putting that in the chat. Uh, All wings return to base. Course laid in and prepared to make the jump to light speed on my mark. Remember... The truths we cling to depend on our own point of view. Only the Sith deal in absolutes. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night.